It's April the 6th. Let's read the Bible. Welcome back to this year-long adventure, this journey through the Word of God. We started in Genesis. We're going to end, God willing, in Revelation. Today, we've come near the end of the book of Judges. The last two days, the Bible bus has been parked at the home of a man by the name of Samson. That's a story, at least in its broad outlines, that we all know very well. Most of us don't know the rest of the story of the book of Judges. But let me remind you of the outline of the book, the reason for the Judges, chapters 1 and 2, the rule of the Judges, chapters thirteen, chapters 3 through 16, and then the results of the Judges, chapters 17 through 21. And when I use the word results, I just mean this is what happens when you have that cycle of uh, disobedience and defeat and desperation and crying out to God for deliverance. And if you just go from you go from one thing to another to another, it's a constant spiritual merry-go-round, if you will. You're, when you have a good judge, things are going well, but then when he's gone, the nation goes just it falls apart spiritually. Eventually, that takes a terrible toll. Anytime a nation that ought to know better turns from God, things can never get better. They can only get worse. Now, today, chapter 17, 18, and 19, here we come to the end of the book. This is just telling us, this is what it was like. Remember, Judges covers 13, the 300 years between the death of Joshua and then the rise of Samuel, and eventually uh, Saul becomes the first king of the United nation, the, the 12 tribes coming together, okay? In that 300 years, what was it like? Well, these last few chapters telling us ultimately the nation went down, 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 a spiral of idolatry and immorality. The more I read through the Old Testament, the more that hits me. Idolatry leads to immorality, and immorality leads to idolatry. Those two things go together. In fact, immorality is a form of idolatry. So we're going to see it here when you do things your own way. Judges 17, there was a man from the hill country of Ephraim named Micah. He said to his mother, the 1,100 pieces of silver taken from you and that I heard you place a curse on, here is the silver. I took it. Then his mother said, my son, may you be blessed by the Lord. He returned the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother and his mother said, I personally consecrate the silver to the Lord for my son's benefit to make a carved image and a silver idol. I will give it back to you. So she, he returned the silver to his mother, and she took five pounds of silver and gave it to a silversmith. He made it into a carved image and a silver idol, and it was in Micah's house. This man Micah had a shrine, and he made an ephod and household idols and installed one of his sons to be his priest. In those days, there was no king in Israel, Everyone did what seemed right to him. There was a young man, a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, who was staying within the clan of Judah. The man left the town of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. On his way, he came to Micah's home in the hill country of Ephraim. Where do you come from? Micah asked him. He answered him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm going to stay wherever I can find a place. Micah replied, Stay with me and be my father and priest, and I will give you four ounces of silver a year and along, along with your clothes and provisions. So the Levite went in and agreed to stay with the man, and the young man became like one of his sons. Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in Micah's house. Then Micah said, 
Now I know that the Lord will be good to me because the Levite has become my priest. It sounds okay. It sounds like it's, it's not any big deal. But God never intended to have this kind of private religion. The Levites were to serve the Lord at the tabernacle, only there at the place that God had intended. This, this, the ephod, that was for the high priest. This, this little private religious thing that they got going here, nothing good can come from it. It's got to be, everything's got to be done. Worship must be done the way God has ordained, chapter 18. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and the Danite tribe was looking for territory to occupy. Up until that time, no territory had been captured by them among the tribes of Israel. So the Danites sent out five brave men from all their clans, from Zorah and Eshtaol, to scout out the land and explore it. They told them, go up and explore the land. They came to the hill country of Ephraim as far as the home of Micah and spent the night there. While they were near Micah's home, they recognized the accent of the young Levite. So they went over to him and said, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What is keeping you here? He told them, this is what Micah has done for me. He has hired me and I became his priest. Then they said to him, please inquire of God for us to determine if we will have a successful journey. The priest told them, go in peace. The Lord is watching over the journey you are going on. Five men, five men left and came to Laish. They saw that the people who were there were living securely in the same way as the Sidonians, quiet and unsuspecting. There was nothing lacking in the land and no oppressive ruler. They were far from the Sidonians, having no alliance with anyone. When the men went back to their relatives at Zorah and Eshtaol, their relatives asked them, what did you find out? They answered, come on, let's attack them, for we have seen the land and it is very good. Why wait? Don't hesitate to go and invade and take possession of the land. When you get there, you will come to an unsuspecting people and a spacious land, for God has handed it over to you. It is a place where nothing on earth is lacking. Six hundred Danites departed from Zorai and Eshtal armed with weapons of war. They went up and camped at kiriath Jerium in Judah. This is why the place is still called the Camp of Dan today. It is west of kiriath Jerium. From there, they traveled to the hill country of Ephraim and arrived at Micah's house. The five men who had gone to scout out the land of Laish, told their brothers, Did you know that there are in Ephod household gods and a carved image and a silver idol in these houses? Now, think about what you should do. So they detoured there and went to the house of the young Levite at the home of Micah and greeted him. The 600 Danite men were standing by the entrance of the city gate, armed with the weapons of war. Then the five men who had gone to scout out the land went in and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the silver idol, while the priest was standing by the entrance of the city gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. When they entered Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the silver idol, the priest said to them, what are you doing? They told him, be quiet, keep your mouth shut, come with us and be a father and priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest for the house of one person or for you to be a priest for a tribe and a family in Israel? So the priest was pleased and took the ephod, household idols, and carved image and went with the people. They prepared to leave putting their dependents, livestock, and possessions in front of them. After they were some distance from Micah's house, the men who were in the houses near it were mustered and caught up with the Danites. They called to the Danites who turned to face them and said to Micah, What's the matter with you that you mustered the men? He said, You took the gods I had made and the priest and went away. What do I have left? How can you say to me, What's the matter with you? The Danites said to him, Don't raise your voice against us or angry men will attack you and you and your family will lose your lives. The Danites went on their way, and Micah turned back to go home because he saw that they were stronger than he was after they had taken the gods Micah had made, and the priest 
that belonged to him, they went to Laish to a quiet and unsuspecting people. They killed them with their swords and burned the city. There was no one to rescue them because it was far from Sidon, and they had no alliance with anyone. It was in a valley that belonged to Beth Rehob. They rebuilt the city and lived in it. They named the city Dan after the name of their ancestor Dan, who was born to Israel. The city was formerly named Laish. The Danites set up the carved image for themselves. Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests for the Danite tribe until the time of the exile from the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image that he had made, and it was there as long as the house of God was in Shiloh. Once you just start making stuff up, once you're not, no longer paying attention to what God has said, once you think, it's okay, I can, do, I can have a do-it-yourself religion, nothing good is going to happen. Chapter 19. In those days, when there was no king in Israel, a Levite staying in a remote part of the hill country of Ephraim acquired a woman from Bethlehem in Judah as his concubine, but she was unfaithful to him and left him for her father's house in Bethlehem in Judah. She was there for four months. Then her husband got up and followed her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. He had a servant with him and a pair of donkeys, so she brought him to her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him, and he stayed with him for three days. They ate, drank, and spent the nights there. On the fourth day, they got up early in the morning and prepared to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Have something to eat to keep up your strength, and then you can go. So they sat down, and the two of them ate and drank together. Then the girl's father said to the man, Please agree to stay overnight and enjoy yourself. The man got up to go, but his father-in-law persuaded him, so he stayed and spent the night there again. He got up early in the morning, the fifth day to leave, but the girl's father said to him, Please keep up your strength. So they waited until late afternoon, and the two of them ate. The man got up to go with his concubine and his servant. When his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Look, night is coming. Please spend the night. See, the day is almost over. Spend the night here. Enjoy yourself. Then you can get up early tomorrow for your journey and go home. But the man was unwilling to spend the night. He got up, departed, and arrived opposite Jebus, that is, Jerusalem. The man had his two saddled donkeys and his concubine with him. When they were near Jebus and the day was almost gone, the servant said to his master, Please, why not let us stop at this Jebusite city and spend the night here? But his master replied to him, We will not stop at a foreign city where there are no Israelites. Let us move on to Gibeah. Come on, he said. Let's try to reach one of these places and spend the night in Gibeah or Ramah. So they continued on their journey, and the sun set as they neared Gibeah and Benjamin. They stopped to go in and spend the night in Gibeah. The Levite went in and sat down in the city square, but no one took them into their home to spend the night. In the evening, an old man came in from his work in the field. He was from the hill country of Ephraim, but he was residing in Gibeah, where the people were Benjamin, Benjaminites. When he looked up and saw the traveler in the city square, the old man asked, Where are you going and where do you come from? He answered him, we're traveling from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote hill country of Ephraim, where I, where I am from. I went to Bethlehem in Judah, and now I'm going to the house of the Lord. No one has taken me into his home, although there's straw and feed for the donkeys, and I have bread and wine for me, my concubine, and the servant with us. There is nothing we lack. Welcome, said the old man. I'll take care of everything you need, only don't spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house and fed the donkeys. Then they washed their feet and ate and drank. While they were enjoying themselves, all of a sudden, wicked men of the city surrounded the house and beat on the door. They said to the old man who was the owner of the house, Bring out the man who came to your house 
so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went out and said to them, please don't do this evil, my brothers. After all, this man has come into my house. Don't commit this horrible outrage. Here, let me bring out my virgin daughter and this man's concubine now. Abuse them and do whatever you want to them, but don't commit this outrageous thing against this man. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and took her outside to them. They raped her and abused her all night until morning. At daybreak, they let her go. Early that morning, the woman made her way back. And as it was getting light, she collapsed at the doorway of the man's house where her master was. When her master got up in the morning, opened the doors of the house, went out to leave on his journey, there was the woman, his concubine, collapsed near the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. Get up, he told her, let's go. But there was no response. So the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he entered his house, he picked up a knife, took hold of his concubine, cut her into 12 pieces limb by limb, and then sent her throughout the territory of Israel. Everyone who saw it said nothing like this has ever happened or has been seen since the day the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt until now. Think it over. Discuss it. Speak up. There is a way that seems right unto a man, the Bible says, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. These things were written, the Bible says, that we might learn from these examples. We have great examples. Abraham had weaknesses, but he was a man of faith. Moses, he was a great man. Yes, he made mistakes, but he was a great man. We're going to get to David, a man with weaknesses, but he was a great man. Daniel, later on, we're going to get to him, but this is as ugly a passage as anywhere in the Bible. But this is what happens, friends. This is what happens. Let us learn from it. Do it yourself. Religion never leads you toward God. It only leads you away from it. Let us then say, Oh, God, help us to obey you wholeheartedly. Help us to obey you today into the very details of of life. On that solemn note, I'm going to say farewell. Let's go out. Have a great day. But keep in mind what we've read and let us pray to be obedient, to do God's work in God's way, to serve God in a way that pleases Him, led by His Spirit for the glory of God. Come back tomorrow. We're going to come to the end of the book of Judges. God bless, folks. See you then.